Hi, everybody. This is Love Him, Love Them with Linda Gunner, where we give hope, touch lives, and change hearts. So exciting to be here with you today to exactly what we just said, give you hope, touch your life, and change your heart. And if your heart is not changed after this interview, I don't think we can help you. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say. I'm so excited to introduce to you one of our valued board of directors for Love Him, Love Them, and our number one volunteer. We call him for everything. So go ahead and stand to your feet. Give us a big roaring applause. We want to make sure he feels extremely welcome. And help me welcome Teacher of the Year, Man of the Year, Board Member of the Year, Doug Vermilia. Can you hear the applause? I hear it. Are you excited? Thunderous. Yes. And one other thing I'm going to go ahead. I feel like what do the judges do when they they recuse themselves? I'm going to recuse myself and say, you're also my husband's best friend, one of the very, very closest. And so uh, we have to be very careful what we say and what we do and not get in trouble. That's all I'm saying. Maybe it's just me. So I just, I, I want you guys to prepare yourselves. You need to go ahead and sit back down now. Uh, Doug, I want you to, first of all, tell us how in the world did you get involved with Love Him, Love Them? Do you remember your first uh, introduction? Or wasn't it something with a cell phone? Yeah, it was It was something with a cell phone. Oh, I was just thinking you mentioned your your husband, David. I canceled golf with him this morning so I could be Just here. for me. Yeah, so but the, also he's you. sick. So <laughs> trust yeah, that, me, if he had been better, you'd still be on the golf be course. Golfing. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> we'd be golfing. Yes, and but, it's too uh, hot to golf anyway. So anyhow, you know, it's, it's funny. Um there's a master plan out there somewhere that we're a little bit uh, vaguely aware of. Yeah. But my oldest son worked at Verizon, and a former friend, uh, Doug Kennedy, came in there and they connected, and Doug invited him to a uh, community group that happened to be about two minutes from our house. Crazy. Over in Gumlog. Because um, where you met was like in South Carolina or something, right? Like an right. hour away, right? Right. Yeah, it was. It was uh, a ways away. And we weren't uh, involved in any church, especially outside of church activities. I thought, so we'll go to this community group. So we went over there, and we enjoyed the community group. It was really good. What Uh, was the community group about? Was it the Red Cross or United Way, or what was the community group about? No, it was your community group, the one at your house. Okay. So we we, we were invited, so we showed up. uh, Because Doug Kenny asked if he could bring somebody, which you're, you're always welcoming people in your house. So we showed up and we and we had the we shared the meal and went downstairs. David did a Bible study. It was good. And then you began to talk about Thanksgiving, doing some things for Thanksgiving. Yeah. And how that you uh, started out with just leftovers, and then you wanted to feed, and it had grown to maybe forty families, or so. I don't know what the number was, but it was coming up, and you were planning for this year, and that is the moment that said. Okay, these people will put feet to their faith we're in. Is that what we're doing? Yeah, you put feet, feet to, to your faith. That's a good phrase there. And uh, so I said, all right, we're in. Because I had always wanted to help serve on a uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah. You know, in Atlanta, they had the Hosea Williams. They yep. would do all this. And I wanted to go and do it, but it just never was convenient. So we volunteered that year. And I remember with um, Jasmine... Yeah. And I, and maybe Gina, loaded up maybe 15 or 20 meals and took it over here and somewhere. And yeah, we have, I think we have a picture of you. You were praying for somebody that was on their deathbed. Yeah. We, we, a- she was, uh, it was an elderly lady. Um, and I went in and, uh, and just had the privilege of praying with her. 
And before I left, I just leaned over and kissed her on the forehead and prayed with her. And he, just a little tear in her eye. It, it was a special day. Yeah. So you made someone feel worthy. Somebody feel loved on Thanksgiving, which is why why we do what we do on Thanksgiving. It's the whole is reason. to help the homeless, hopeless, and homebound. Yeah. So um, you also have actually been the main focus of our ministry for Love Him, Love Them is in the country of Haiti. Yes. You've been to Haiti with us. Share with us a little bit about that. Do you remember your first, second, third, fifth trip? And uh, what's your kind of specialty down there, your passion of who you love the most? I, th- I think I've been seven times, I think, and I was with the last group to go. Mm-hmm. And it'd be hard to talk about that, right? Because we didn't know it was going to be the last. That's right. Time at the at the moment went with David and uh, and Pastor Mike, yeah, um, who who spoke Haitian and was able to preach. It was such a magical trip, such a magical trip. But I, I remember you you talked about a lot about what was going on in Haiti, and I'm like, all right, well, I need to go. I never had been out of the country, and my my uh, daughter in law went with us, Tori. Yeah. Also that first time. And we stayed at uh, Maxo's house. And then um, and then when we went out to the valley, Galashimbo, for the very first time, I remember pulling up. And, you, and all the kids were in school. And you jumped out of the car. And we're following you. And you're entering with your grandeur that, you, that, you, that you're so blessed with. And this little girl come walking up by herself before the crowd hit. And you said, and you offered her some candy. Mm-hmm. And she looked at the candy, and you had a, a bottle of water that was half empty. And she pointed to the water and said, I want the water. Mm-hmm. And I said, I thought, this child just turned down candy for water. Right. Where am I? You know, so I'm sorry if I get choked up, but it was, it was such a powerful moment. Cause I, cause I'm a, I'm an, I'm an educator, and all the kids want is candy or sweets or something like that. And here's they a little. Sure, I want no half empty bottle of water. <laughs> yeah, something that somebody else has <laughs> already right, drank right, right, from. Right. And I, and I'm like, wow, and it just captured, uh, captured my heart. Um, so that that was the first time to Haiti there, and then the, the then uh, I went back every year um, after that. And aren't you responsible for organizing the teachers teaching teachers how to teach trip? Wasn't you know, that your I, idea? I still haven't forgiven Maxo for that. Uh, I remember I had to, we, he asked, you know, how Maxo is, he's going to throw you right in the middle of something. So he asked me to preach that Sunday in this, this dilapidated tent that was, it was horrible. It was horrible. It was so, it was so hot. It was so horrible. And the accommodation. So many chickens and goats walking right through the middle of the church. It was not a billion dollar parking lot, was there? No, it wasn't. And everybody was dressed to the to the nines. It, it was amazing how they were dressed. And I was able to to preach and 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 share the gospel. And I used uh, some visual aids mm-hmm. to share since I I wasn't able to speak the language. I wanted I wanted to connect to these people. And on the way. After, back to the to the guest house, I guess after church um, or Maxos, wherever we were going, he asked me if I would come back and do training for the teachers. And prior to before he <laughs> asked me, I didn't know that I was going to return to Haiti because oh, wow. it's like this is this is pretty difficult down here. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. So so when he asked me, I'm like, 
How do you say no to Max O? Yeah, I've I've learned now, but at that point I didn't know how. Yeah, and it's a lot <laughs> yeah, easier. To, it's a lot easier to say it here over a Zoom call yes, than it, it is, is in person when the kids are walking around. Yeah. Yes, it is because I remember on the inside I'm going, absolutely, no, but but you you want to be uh, uh, obedient to the Lord, and and you have gifts and talents that you want to use, and you've prayed for years. God use me, God use me. So this door opens up, and I'm like, okay. So uh, so um, I said, so I went back to the school, and I began collecting supplies and, and inviting other teachers. So we went the next year with like maybe eight or ten other teachers. It was amazing. Yep. It was off the charts. And all the school supplies that we were able to take down there mm-hmm. and the and the delight on their face when we, we gave every teacher a big old bag full of paper and pencils and books and markers and crayons and glue and scissors and all that stuff. And 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 you know when when a when one of the when the teacher asked you how did you use scissors? That was over a little overwhelming. Yeah, or the principal of the school asked you how do you how do you read a book? And it wasn't that he couldn't read, but he wanted to know how do you how do you teach somebody how to read a book? And, and then we put together a library of over mm-hmm. of over five hundred books that all these volunteers um, use the Google Translate, and and we translated them into Haitian so that it had English translation and also the Haitian translation, and we. Literally cut and pasted and glued it into and not cut it. and pasted on computer. Right. Literally like cut and pasted, right? And and taped yeah. them into those taped books. It, yeah. And and gave those to the teachers and established a a, a library down there. With a Dewey Decimal system. With a Dewey Remember? Decimal system. Yes. That lady contacted me about a year ago, um, just out of the blue, wanting to know how things Martha. were going. Not Martha, the, the other librarian, the retired librarian oh. that helped set up the Dewey Decimal System. Yeah. No, not not Martha. But uh, anyhow, so every year I would go back and teachers would go with me uh, to train teachers how to teach, teaching teachers how to teach uh, in Haiti. And the the moments were just uh, were just life-changing. And teachers coming, not just our teachers— we literally opened it up to teachers anywhere yes. nearby that could get there. Yes. And it was it ended up being an accredited training. So they were allowing that to count as training for teachers all around for schools in Haiti. And it was remarkable. Um, I remember even you taking some, some some of your amazing ideas for science projects and blowing up bombs and rockets in the middle of the <laughs> middle of the valley, which might have given the gang some ideas. I don't know. Maybe we should go back and do some more of those yeah. science experiments. Yeah, uh, and show should. the gangs what we're made of, right? Yeah. yeah, that ended up being one of the most amazing uh, trips that we did. We did m- multiple trips to Haiti, uh, but the teacher teaching teachers how to teach trip was certainly one of the best. And do you remember the the one of the last times we went uh, when we took the what do you call it when you make people come back to life? Not casting out oh, demons yes. or raising the dead, but yes, we took a para- we took a paramedic or yeah. an EMT with us, yeah. and she had the little uh, what are those things? Dummies, those little CPR dummies that yeah. you practice on. She took ten of them down there so that she can split them up into groups. And um, and as and as we were sharing at the end of the week, all the teachers get together and we do an award ceremony <laughs> and stuff. And she said uh, one of the concerns was in Haiti that they were reluctant to learn how to resuscitate somebody 
that had passed and was possibly dying because whoever uh, touches or is with the body when the person dies is responsible. Right, the last person to, t- to touch is responsible to for <laughs> the cost or whatever. So they didn't. They didn't want to be responsible. I think they're even responsible for the death. And, yeah. Maybe. And then the question was: Is like, well, if if God has taken them, why would you want to bring them back? Oh, good point. Yeah. And uh, you know, so they had to answer that. But the uh, the the million dollar moment at the end of the week, after she taught them how to do CPR and stuff like that, was uh, during the testimonies. One of the teachers stood up and said, "I want to thank you for teaching us how to raise the dead." <laughs> love it, love it, love it. Speaking of raising the dead, let's just transition right into that. Um, pre-me part of your life, that means before you met me, um, you actually were involved in a lot of street ministry yeah. and did a lot of casting out of demons, healing the sick, raising the dead. Um, t- share with me a little bit about, because you were also part of the team that brought the Haitian Orphan Children's Choir here. You're a part of all of the decisions that we make with everything that we do with both Haiti and here in America. Just kind of share a little bit about um, how that plays a role and a part in your life today, uh, what you learned then, what you grasped from the choir, and where you're at in your life today. The um, Years ago, my brother-in-law would, uh, right after we were married— um, You weren't married to your brother-in-law, though. Right. <laughs> Just let's clear that up. It's not that kind of show. He wasn't married. I was married, and okay. our sisters were, were the ones was the connection there. We would go to Atlanta every Friday night, and uh, either we would just carry Bibles or tracks, or sometimes I would put a guitar on my back. And what what happened is I wasn't raised in church, so I wasn't indoctrinated as to what I was supposed to believe. Mm-hmm. So. And I didn't get born again until I was um, 20 years old. Funny story, Linda, because I remember thinking, because uh, I was one of the best of the sinners, I thought, well, when I'm 21, I'll be able to buy my own alcohol. Nobody will have to buy Legally. it for me. Legally. And, and, then I, and then I got born again before I turned 21, and I'm going, that was a bummer. Wait a <laughs> Wasted that. Yeah. Could have waited another year. Strange thought, but it was a little bit ironic. But anyhow, so I remember the first time uh, opening the Bible and reading it myself. Uh, we were we were an uh, Easter, maybe Christmas family and stuff like that, but wasn't a part of our life. And I uh, opened up and reading it for myself and going, wow. And then I got in, finally got into the New Testament, and I began to read about the things that Jesus would do. And I never saw anything in there that said that uh, that I couldn't do that. That all it said was follow him, and you know do the things that he did, and try to be like Jesus. And I'm like, okay. And I remember having a discussion with a uh, a youth minister that we were semi uh, when Debbie and I were dating had started going to that church just a little bit on weekends, and he was kind of like, come on, Doug, uh, you know, because I was asking about the gifts of the Spirit and this, and that, what have you. But uh, but at, at work, um, I worked at a restaurant. The boy got burnt, and I and I just prayed with him, and the, and the pain went away. And all the others were gasping, like, oh, and I'm thinking, what what's wrong with that? Right. <laughs> Isn't this normal? Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 uh, at at Piedmont College, praying for people there to the point where I remember I asked one girl, she was having ear problems. I would pray for. Her. She turned and ran. She was afraid of me wow. because I was willing to to pray for her. But it but it's it's what the word of God said. 
so then I was I was able to meet a, a a brother that did street ministry, and he introduced us to being able to go out and to pray for people, and I I don't know that I've seen any miracles in a church, but I've seen a ton of them out of church. Wow, that ought to send a message Hello. right there. Yeah. Well, I think you remember whenever we had the kids on tour with the choir. Oh gosh, the ones that were seers, we would go into yes. certain churches and they'd come running out. Mommy, yes. let that. There's a demon in the church. Yeah. And I was like, oh, the church secretary? Wait, did I say that out loud? <laughs> Sorry. We'll take that out. Yeah. Or the deacon board or, or yeah. whatever. But right. anyhow, so that, I mean, that got me started on the road because I'm reading. I'm like, okay, this is this is our manual for today, uh, praying for the sick and, uh, and and doing stuff like that. So it's, it's just part of my life. So is it part of your life even today or is that only when you're on the streets or is it? No, it's it's part of my life today. Part of your life today. Part of my life today. Tell yeah. us about one of the most recent miracles you've been a part of. Well, um, the uh, a really cool one that happened, and this has been uh, probably mo- one of the most dramatic. And uh, a friend of mine, uh, Michael, who's real close, will will remember this. We were, we were at McDonald's. We used to have a men's group at McDonald's on Saturday mornings, and we've since moved to this building. And we were all just seeking the Lord, and it's, it's a wonderful time. And I, and I was leaving, and there was an elderly man just sitting there by himself um, having breakfast. And I was on my way out the door, and I just stopped, <clears throat> you know, because one of the things Christians are supposed to do is love others. And I, so I, I just sat down and introduced myself, said, hey, you know, how you doing? What's going on? Are you new here? Uh, my name is Doug, and his name was uh, was Paul, and uh or Philip, excuse me, and uh, and we talked for a while, and uh, and he had a cane, and I said, "What's what's the cane for?" And he says, "Well, I messed up my ankle, and I can't hardly walk." It's a great lead-in to pray for somebody when you see someone with a cane. What's the cane <coughs> Absolutely. for? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. What's the cane? After I talked to him for a little bit, yeah. and I said, "Okay, what's the cane for?" And he told me, and I said, "Well, what what else is going on with you?" He's 82 at the time. He says, "Well, I I haven't been able to see out of my left eye." for about 20 years and, and stuff. And I'm like, um, okay. I said, well, I, I need to go, but is it okay if I pray with you before I go? And he's like, yeah, that'd be sure. So I just reached over and put my hand over his forearm, you know, not real intimate with him. And just a simple prayer, Father, I thank you for meeting Philip, yada, yada. Pray that you would touch his ankle and heal his ankle. And I pray for his eye, <clears throat> that you would touch his eye. And I just thank you for this opportunity to meet him. And uh, shook his hand, left, didn't think anything about it. So next Saturday, we're, our group is sitting in the corner, and here comes Philip over there. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and really, rather rudely, just interrupted our group yeah. rather than, and I'm like, oh, hey, Philip, how are you? And he looks at me and he goes, <laughs> I'm like, what? Well, don't you notice? What, Philip? I don't have my cane. <laughs> I said, oh, <laughs> That's wonderful. He said, and then he said, but it didn't work till Wednesday. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm Delayed sorry. Delayed miracles. So Time release. Time release miracles. But he was thrilled, and he was dancing around uh, the, uh, the the McDonald's, and he was he was really excited. So then I stopped him, and I said, Philip, I said, what about your eye? He said, oh, Doug, I haven't been able to see out this eye for 20 years. I said, oh, well, wow. can I pray with you for your eye? And he said, Sure. So I prayed with him, and then over the course of maybe a year, whenever he would come in, I would go over and sit down with him, and I, and I would just 
fellowship with him, and then I would always pray with him about his eye. And it got to the point where it bothered him. It's like, Doug, you know, it, it, I haven't had eyesight in, in, in 20 years. So you're dealing with a believing believer. <clears throat> no, he's not a believer. Hmm? He's not a believer. He's lost as a ball in high grass, as David hmm. Gunner says. And uh, but I, but it, but God had touched his ankle and, and healed him, and that opened the door to continue fellowship with him. And then so every top opportunity I would get, I, I would just pray with him about his eye. You know, it's not a one and done thing. Jesus prayed with a guy twice uh, for his eye and mm-hmm. stuff. So if it took Jesus two times, it may take me twenty times. Who knows, or or more. I'm but, not, I've reserved that. I'm not going to comment. Go ahead. But anyhow, mm-hmm. the 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 point is, don't give up. Right. That the persistence there. So, um, so finally, after about a year, and, and I think Michael was was there, uh, was with us, and uh, all of a sudden Philip walks in and he says this. He says, "Doug Familia, I'm going to make your day." And I'm like, "Oh, really? <laughs> like you're going to buy my breakfast? Yeah, too." He says, "I'm beginning to see shapes and colors in my left eye," and I'm like. You know, Mr. Faith, I'm like, really? Really? Sure. Are you 100% sure you're <laughs> really And I stand up and he says this. It was so funny. He says, yeah. He says, because he's doing this, you know. <laughs> he says, I've almost got slapped three times because I'm looking at people and they become <laughs> weird and they've almost slapped me. And I'm, and I'm like, I said, and I said, well, can you see good yet? And he says, no, not yet, but I'm, I'm seeing some shapes and stuff. And I said, well, let's pray again. So we prayed again with him. And sure enough, the next next Saturday, he came in and um, he came up to me. He says, Doug, I can see out of my left eye. It messed me up. It messed me up. I remember, obviously, it was it was really cool and, and I fellowshiped with him. And, um, and, and then I went home and I sat down at... At home, and I just wept. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my god! It's like, ugh. it was, it was. E- even though you're the one that's promoting and praying and doing all this stuff, when when God shows up like that, it just messes you up, it's overwhelming, big time. So ap- after that, he would he would come in, and um, I would go eat breakfast with him, and he was horrible. He was so condescending towards everybody else. And he was so uh, utterly lost. Isn't that funny? And he's 82, right? Yeah, so he's you, 82 You, you kind of think old. that by the time they're 82, they're nice, <laughs> and they've got Jesus, and they're sitting on a rocking chair in the front porch and well, loving their grandchildren. anything nice about him, the things he was saying. And it got to where I didn't, I didn't even want to go eat breakfast with him anymore. I'm like, and I would, I, would ask, I would ask Father, I'd say, Father, how is it that you can touch somebody like this, and they're so blatantly lost and in darkness. And uh, so then Debbie and I moved. We were transitioning in houses. So we were out of Livonia for a, about a year, and, and we were just in Livonia for some reason, and my phone rings, and it's Philip. And he says, he says, Doug, he says, uh, he says, I've, fa- I've fallen and I've hurt my knee, and I don't feel good. Can you come by and pray with me? And I'm like, <laughs> nope, don't have time. <laughs> that was my thought. I, I don't like, even I like you want to go hang out with me. I don't even want to have breakfast with you. I'm finished. <laughs> and I'm like, sure, I will. Because you, 
obedience, you got to allow your obedience to to overtake your emotional feelings because sometimes you just don't want to. Yeah, most of the time. But you want to be obedient. Right. And I'm like, sure, I will. So I, I got his address, and Debbie was with me. And Debbie says, I'll wait in the car. You're going in. And I'm, and it was raining, and it was it was in a in a trailer park, so I pull up and I and I go in there, and I'm like, I really I don't want to be here, and he's laid up on a couch and he's got his ice on his knee and he had fallen, he had skinned it up and sprained his ankle and he was uh, sort of abrasions and stuff, and I saw and when I walked in, you thank God for the Holy Spirit because if it was within me it wouldn't work, but. The Holy Spirit will allow us to have compassion for people that don't deserve it, including me yep. at times, you know. And uh, so I saw that. And I, so there was a, a kitchen chair, and I just grabbed it, and I pulled over, and I put it next to the table. Philip, what's going on? And he began to share all these things that was wrong with him and wrong with his body. And I said, Philip, why didn't you tell me all this stuff earlier when we were praying? Ah, oh, you didn't need to know all this stuff, yada, yada. And... I began just to share the plan of salvation with him. And I don't know, I've prayed with hundreds and hundreds of people to receive Christ. Right. But sometimes there are just those special moments yeah. when the plan of salvation just comes out so crystal clear. And I remember him saying, I've never heard this before. <laughs> I've never heard this. And especially the part where God is for him and he's not against him. And how much that he loves him. And then I just and then all of a sudden it became obvious the road that we were on. This guy was 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 surrendering his heart. And and I just asked him, I said, Philip, do you want to pray to receive Jesus? And he said, I'd love to, Doug. And he prayed, and this 82-year-old man or 83, whatever he was then, got born again. It was one of the most beautiful. It was so much more precious than when his eyes got healed. Wow. It was it was just that was the miracle and and that was the that was the icing on the cake for the for the healing of his ankle, for the healing of his eye. It was all tenderizing of the heart to bring him to Christ and and he just beautifully got born again and it was such a change and i remember he sent me some texts the days after about it's the honeymoon you this is wonderful this is amazing why did nobody ever share this with Mm. me uh before and stuff so so that's that's probably just why didn't anybody share this with me before so i want to take this opportunity as we close out today with this amazing story with doug is i do want to share it with you Jesus Christ does have a plan for your life, and it is not for you to sit and rot and your body to fall apart. He has a purpose and a plan. He put you here. He knew you while you were still in your mother's womb. That thing that you are looking for, you are seeking for, it's him. He made you with a void in your heart, a space, an emptiness that he wants to fill, and he made you with an ability to crave that and so whatever it is that you are craving and going after and running after instead of that, that's the reason it's not working. It will work temporarily, but it is not going to work permanently. And Doug, thanks to Doug Vermilia, who took the time, effort, and energy to share with this man over a period of time, even when he didn't want to, so that not only was that man's eternity changed, but his life here on this earth was changed. 
God has a plan for your life right here, right now, today. And if you don't know what it is, we want you to reach out to us at lovehimlovethem.org. We will walk you through what it looks like to change your life here and to change your life forever. It's not a simple prayer. It's not raising your hand in the back of a church. So if you think you've tried it and it doesn't work, it might be because trying is not the answer. Being who God has made you to be is the answer. Doug, thank you for coming in today. Make sure you go and see us at Love Him, Love Them. And we would love for you to come alongside of us and join us the same way that Doug has.